0: Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the Side Cash Hustler. If you want insights, real-life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump
1: into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors.
0: Welcome back to the Self Reliant Wolf Podcast. My name is Dave Deal and I'm your host. Today's guest is somebody that actually comes from Utah as well. And this is a gentleman that I'm looking forward to interviewing today because. His background is very excessive in the sense that he's worked with many different companies uh, talking about strategy, consulting, and really helping businesses grow to that next level. Uh, This is a gentleman that uh, really does have quite the accolades as far as what he's done in his career, and it's going to be pretty amazing to hear some of his stories. So without further ado, Mr. Dan Murgon, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, thank you, Dave. Um, I hope I can live up to that. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, short version. Uh, I've been in business for 45 years, the last 31 years. um, Our clients have been the CEOs and founders of small companies that need either better performance for themselves and their team or they need better profits so they can continue to grow. But the roadblock seems to be that most companies, in fact, almost every company I've ever talked to, has some kind of problem they don't want anymore. Or they have an opportunity they're struggling to achieve. And so we help them conquer all that.
0: That's awesome, man. Um, what would you say is one of the most consistent issues that you've seen uh with with many of these different companies?
1: Uh there's an awful lot of people who uh well let's just summarize that as leadership is always the challenge, right? Yep. Um I think there's an awful lot of people that that um, kind of want the leadership role, mostly because they're tired of working for some idiot. But when they get into the leadership role, they realize it's a whole different platform, folks, right? It is not, it's not uh, simple in any sense. Um, so that that's the short answer to that. There's, there's hundreds of nuances to why that's an issue, but uh, we'll take them one at a time if you want. We got three days to go through this, right?
0: I know, right? Well, no, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because it's this, uh, the grass is always greener on the other side type mentality. Somebody says, Okay, I'm done working for the man, I want to go out and do something else. They get put in that role, they realize that, hey, there's a lot more moving pieces to this than I had ever anticipated or ever realized. And now all of a sudden, they're stuck in a situation where they're trying to keep things afloat, because they're probably on the verge of burnout, they're getting tired, they're you know, so many different issues there, but yeah, I mean, it it seems like it makes perfect sense from what you're saying, for sure.
1: There's a book uh, by Michael Gerber called the uh, E-Myth Revisited that most of us have heard of or read. Uh, I think it plays out more often than we want where we're a great technician. We're working for Bob. Everything's fine. We've got our, you know, vacations paid for the house is paid. We've got, you know, things are, things are smooth. Until something happens, whether it's external to us or just internal to us, uh, we decide some. We wake up someday and say, "I'm done working for Crazy Bob, and I'm going to do this for me." Michael Gerber calls that the, an entrepreneurial seizure, where you have said, "Okay, I can do better than this. I can make more money. I can I can have more freedom. I can take the vacations when I want." And that's always the top of the mountain vision for someone who's starting or, or running a small company. The problem is the road to the top, right? Yeah. So um, we we, we launched the company, we go off and sell something, we bring it home and go, "See, honey, I can make I can make more money than I was making there for doing this." And then you screw up and sell ten of them, and you not only you have to stop selling, you have to start producing, you have to buy the product, you have to account for it, you start hiring people, and that's where. The wheels start coming off yep. because we're really good at making the widget we may not be great at hiring the people or building the strategy or or etc right yep and we learn hard lessons that's how you grow um but at some point all the advice we've gotten all the experience we've gained kind of caps off um companies go through that initial survival startup phase. And once they get out of survival mode and into what you and I might call subsistence or stability, they, they uh, kind of go, okay, I'm done. I don't have to work hard anymore. Well, that's not true because you can slip back pretty easily and go into survival mode and lose it. But most people who have that entrepreneurial seizure kind of have a relapse at some point after they've got the business going and they're saying, what's the next level? What else can I do? Yep. And the knowledge base that got them where they are is never gonna get them to the next place. And so they try fads of the day or Uncle Fred's advice and it's frustrating because they're not really linking shoulder to shoulder with somebody who's been down that road and they say, hey, the bridge is out. Don't go down this way, right? Yep. Uh, one of my main functions as a business growth advisor or coach is to say, what's your vision, top of the mountain? Um, what resources do we have to get there? What do we need to develop to get there? And keep you focused on the top of the mountain, not the not the struggle to get there. Because if you look at the, the rocks and the twigs and the junk in the road, what are you going to do? You can turn back. So the coach's value in that sense is to say okay your your vision is x up here top of the mountain but you're focused over here what changed well nothing i got there fine take a break but get back to it right because uh, if we all had somebody back in the day when we started out to kind of come alongside and help us with that uh yeah we would have learned some lessons but we would have learned some lessons probably deeper and less frequently in the failure part
0: yeah totally agree well that and it's just you know as you're talking I'm thinking about um, you know what you're saying and then even my own experience and I'm going through a couple different trainings right now and uh, you know I've been thinking about the different coaches or advisors or whatever that I've had over the years and I mean you're absolutely right like I mean entrepreneurship I feel like can be one of the loneliest roads that you can ever take, but it doesn't have to be right. And having a third party perspective, that's not involved in your company is almost better because they can look at things in such a different way. And just like you're talking about saying, Hey, look, it's fine. You're at a little roadblock, take a break, but we're going to get right back at it. And it just keeps you moving forward. When if you don't have that person, or you don't have that third party helping you guide you through that, then it's so much easier to give up or to quit. And they also see things, I think, in you that you don't see yourself. They see what the potential is because they've been there, you know, like you're mentioning, or they've been down that road before. They've had experiences with that. And so it helps you. I mean, it just, it's, it's needed. Like you need it. And I think, you know, as I think back to one of the, the biggest concerns I feel like people have is, well, I don't have the money to hire a coach or an advisor, or I don't have the resources to be able to do that. Like, when do I make that decision? How would you speak to that?
1: Um, interesting component to our new <laughs> to 2021 product line, if you'll say it that way. Um, COVID gave us as a, as a consulting company an opportunity to really sit back and think about that particular question. There's a lot of people that understand the value of getting an advisor to come along and walk with them, but where's the money coming from, particularly after COVID. And so we uh, we got introduced to a process where um, we, we spent the big money so you don't have to. And we bought into a system where we can actually go into your company and find Basically, free money. Most people don't recognize that there's about 40 different components to profitability in a company. We get comfortable using four or five, we leave the others on the shelf for some day, which never comes around, right? Yep. And so we have this uh, software tool that uh, profit analysis basically and comes in and says, let's look at your marketing, let's look at your pricing structure, let's look at your, your, your bottom line. And let's look at the, the, the low-hanging fruit opportunities for you. Uh, in a classic example, we did the analysis for a company, $300,000 of revenue, $60,000 of profit. They were using four basic components that their people in their industry did. And we went in and had a conversation about kind of changing their uh, their market-dominating position, which is people call a, a USP, but I think... A unique, a unique selling position only makes you different in how what you sell. A market dominated position says, "I'm here to take over," mm, right? Mm-hmm. And so we gave them some language, and just by making four little adjustments, this little company with three people in it is going to go from three hundred thousand in revenue to about five twenty this year. Um, their profits going to go from sixty two thousand to like one hundred and eighteen. And they don't have to spend any new money to find it.
0: That's awesome. So that's where the
1: money comes from, to buy coaching, right? Yep. So it's a, it's a concept that's been around. And I'm going to have to say this, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, but it's very old school processes put in a 21st century package. Yep. And, you know, I'm in my not 50s anymore. Let's say that. <laughs> and people go, well, you're old. What do you know? Mm. I know how to survive longer than you have, kid, in your 20s, right? Yep. Number two, just because it's new doesn't mean it's right or valuable or important. Sometimes the things that built the world for the last 7,000 years of recorded human history have value. Yep. And people's nature necessarily doesn't change. We're still looking to make a good buying decision and not second guess ourselves try to try to get that information conveyed in a 30 second commercial. (laughs) For sure. Doesn't happen. So the question of where, where, you know, I can't afford a coach. I recognize the need for a coach. I think uh, I'm probably one of the few, I mean, there's a lot of coaches in Utah, particularly, Mm -hmm. right? Probably more coaches on the corner than there are Starbucks. (laughs) Um, And you go to the, you go to the events and you listen and, You know, I've been coaching for three years. Great. You're 27 years old. Great for your line of work for whatever you do. But when it comes to your most important emotional, financial, and psychological investment, your business, you probably shouldn't put that in the hands of a rookie. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, agreed. If you're going to be struck for money, totally get it, man. I've had a couple of times where our, our cart got up, up, upset by the, the, you know, the culture and the business environment. You have to start over. You have to figure out and get in, you have to innovate, think differently. So, um, you know, I'm patient enough to say, you know if I take you on as a client, it's because your dream and your hopes and your opportunity inspires me as much as it should inspire you. Cause sometimes I have to keep you inspired but maybe we have to find the money first. Let's fix that problem. Yep. I don't have a problem doing that. Well,
0: and I think that just goes to show, you know, a bit about you as a coach or uh, an advisor, right. Is you, you see the bigger picture. I mean, obviously the the money, like you're running your business too, but you see a bigger picture than most people do. And I right. think that's probably one of the big differentiators that sets you aside from all the other coaches that are on the corner. Cause you're right. There are a lot, especially in today's day and age where, you know, with the internet, you can be anywhere and everywhere all at the same time.
1: Yeah. And it, it, there are, there are a handful of quality folks in my lane in Utah and we all talk and we're all buds, but in reality, um, uh, what is it, uh, Gallup did a, does a study every four or five years called the Status of the American Manager. Mm. And they interview CEOs all over the world. And 65% of the CEOs admit that at the end of the day, when the lights are out and the team is gone, they're sitting in their office looking at the pile on their desk, they're going, I don't know if I can pull this off. Now, sixty-five percent are admitting that to Gallup. You know, it's a much higher number, right?
0: Yep, for sure.
1: So it's lonely, as you referenced, as a leader of the business. You're not there to be their friend. You're not there to be their, you know, their their parent. You're not there to be a Nazi, right? You're there to lead in a way that people want to follow. But uh, leadership, and and here's another point. That we need to understand. Remember the technician that started the company and got busy and hired all these people, and now he's a master busy technician. When does he transition to thinking like a CEO? There's an awful lot, I'd say more than more than more than half of the people you're gonna to talk to are very busy managers. They don't ever set time aside to step outside of the business and and work on improving the business. The CEO's primary function. Yeah, 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 I know, sorry. (laughs) Uh, The CEO's primary function is to cast the right vision for the company, not just the one you can get away with based on the resources you have, but the right vision for the company Assemble the right people to align with that vision, resource them, and then implement the stuff in it of that thing until you get there so that everybody wins. How are we doing on that folks? Right. Yeah. Most of the time we have a vision of, I want to survive another year. I want to survive, you know, I want to, I'm, I'm so burned out. I want to sell this thing in 10 years and move to whatever. Is that really why you started the business? So you give up?
0: It's a great point.
1: So, you know, like a guy who started four companies in 45 years, um, if I had had a coach early on, it wouldn't have been four companies. Might have been two. Um, But, uh, you know, you just you just have to. Tenacity is a wonderful thing. You just have to keep trudging along.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say that's one of the biggest, you know, components to to seeing that success is it's not going to happen overnight. And the, the shiny object syndrome, I think that most entrepreneurs have, you know, can distract us from that um, because it's easy. Oh, well, I'm just going to pivot and go do this instead. And I'm definitely guilty of that too. But you're right. I mean, if you had somebody walking you through that process, how much more, uh how how much further could you have gone if you stuck with that one thing, if you had somebody right there by you, keeping you focused, keeping you engaged in the process? And you know, again, yeah, things change, you've got to adapt. I mean, COVID's a perfect example. You've got to you've got to be able to meet the needs of the changing markets, but at the same time, you've also got to be able to um stay focused on why you got into business in the first place.
1: Yeah. I think far too many people today have the uh, uh, shark tank mentality. Yeah. I'm going to do this great new concept and then Mark Cuban's going to call and I'm going to get $40 million and then I can go off and start another one. You know, Um, look at your phone screen right now and tell me if the caller ID is Mark Cuban. (laughs) I'm <laughs> yeah, um, pretty sure yeah. it's not. <laughs> I imagine they're booked out for the next 10 years. So, what does that leave the rest of us? I don't know. The thing that built the world, hard work. And today's world, we want instant gratification without any effort. And I hate to put it to you, it's Sparky, but you got to toughen up. Yep. You got to be willing to be what I call a humble, servant, warrior. Now, humble means you, you recognize you're not all that hot all by yourself. You need people. Yep. And you need to be a servant. And the only way you're going to keep those people is to serve them well. They don't work for you. They work with you on the project because you've cast a great vision. But then you also have to be a warrior. You have to fight for what's right for the company, what's good for the company, what's healthy for the company, not just for yourself, and when you get a team rallying around with that kind of approach, you guys can conquer anything. You're going to dominate your market because when you think about marketing, people are looking at your external perspective, your, your, your marketing ma- language, and they're drawing a conclusion, that perspective of who you are. But you have an internal reality. And you need to make sure you're your messaging ref- uh, reflects your internal reality because what happens when you buy something and you don't get what you thought you were buying is that happened to everyone this week absolutely now think about two identical companies who have a reputation for internal excellence and external great messaging your price isn't going to be the issue yep your your number of sales are going to be wait a minute, slow down. I got to buy, I got to get more people in here. Right. Yep. So it all is driven by strategy, not tactic. Tactic is what, I mean, anybody been in the military, anybody been in business, Anybody seen this, how this works. If you don't have a plan, you can run around like a chicken with your head cut off and you're going to look like one. Yep. Don't do that.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm just making some notes here. Because was. what did you say again? The internal, how did you put that? Internal messaging, external.
1: Well, I perceive this about your company. That's my external perspective.
0: Yeah, perspective.
1: And your internal reality have to be the same. But here's the problem. Our messaging is driven by marketing. Yes. Yeah. That's tactical driven. In other words, our SEO guys, our, our direct mail guys, or this or that, our, our slogan masters are driving what we what we present to the public. What happens if we just take a little bit of a step of faith and we understand who we are as a company? The greatness, what are we, what can we say about ourselves that nobody else can say about themselves? Right? Yep. and we tell tell the world that
0: and you're so right I mean the the marketing today it's getting to a point now where there's so much of it and there's so much noise that I think now is the perfect time to pivot back to that authentic message right because that's what's going to prevail that's what's going to take over all of the fluff is the reality the authentic nature I mean I think about you know some of the different people that I connect with on you know, social platforms and everything else, the ones that I want to actually build relationships with are the ones that are speaking authentically because I, I know I can trust that person. Instead of just being a message that you know, I like to hear it, it's something that, no, I can connect with this person because they are true. They are, they are, their belief system aligns with mine and I can align with them because of what, how they're saying things and being authentic to themselves.
1: If you go back to, I mean, most people don't even think about this because it's not taught in business schools anymore. But if you go back to the marketing processes of the early 20th century, you know, 1905, whatever it was, you had two competing companies trying to sell widgets. They went through what, what we call today difficult processes to actually tell the client the potential customer the value the process the edge you know the benefits and all those kind of things we hear those labels um, and it would take long a long time to get that that information transfer into the client so they can make the decision because again nobody character of people hasn't changed nobody wants to make a bad buying decision and feel like they have to second guess it and then there was a monumental shift in 1945 when tv Became popular and we started seeing 60 second commercials. Yeah. And so what used to take a two-hour conversation is now down to you know <laughs> 60 seconds, and now it's third, you know, 15 seconds. 15 or less. And, and by default, what happened is the big companies who could afford the TV ads, oh hey, I can still make sales. I don't have to go through all this training and education and customer development garbage. I'm just going to buy more ads, buy more ads, buy more ads, and it put the little guy out of business. And all of a sudden, the business schools started saying in marketing classes, "Man, oh, this is the new approach." And they threw the baby out with the bathwater, and now we're in a situation where it's a slogan and a tagline, and we're supposed to deduce the value. And so that's where you get the buyer's remorse concept. Mm-hmm. I thought this was gonna be great because that ad on Amazon or that, that radio spot told me it would be great. And it turns out to be a three and a half month wait from China and it's garbage, yep. right? So for us to be really effective in the 21st and a half century, which is where we're at, we need to be patient enough with the process to let the buyer step into the, the, the learning, you know, the, the buying system because we're showing them value. We're more interested in giving them this is this is like what we just talked about. I go to a networking event and they go around the room and it's hi I'm um, Steve and I do this, right? I don't do that. And I don't do it intentionally. Yeah. Say I'm Dan Morgan and since 1991 our clients have been I yeah. talk about somebody besides me. And I talk about the value these clients have gotten. And all of a sudden, people are going, Why didn't I think of that? Yep. Okay. So we need to be that company, that entrepreneur, that professional that people look at and go, I don't know what that dude's got, but I want some. Right? Yep. Does that happen by accident?
0: No, it has to be intentional.
1: Exactly. And until you've been introduced to the concept and work through your own reasons why you're getting, telling yourself it won't work and start giving your, yourself the idea that, well, what if it did work? How could it look? That, that, that's how the change starts happening in people. Yep. Make sense?
0: Yep. Well, and it can grow at such a more rapid pace, too, because you, you're getting that buy-in, right? You're getting... These customers that become your ambassadors, and those ambassadors go out and they spread <laughs> that that good news, so to speak, of of what you're offering, and then that's what naturally creates more sales and more growth and everything else. Instead of being the one just coming down like forcing your message, it's coming from other people, and you create the third party validation, and then everything begins to grow and snowball. I mean that. Makes you've, been on, sense. You,
1: you've been on a used car lot lately.
0: <laughs> yeah it's crazy right, right. and they're right. empty <laughs> uh,
1: um, we just recently helped our daughter through the transition of a minivan to a, a small SUV and, and then we went through that um, painful process and you know <laughs> as, as much as we were prepared for um, shut up I'm just here to look and I'll talk to you when I want to they don't listen you know, and we ended up at a different lot where the prices are set, there's no sales pressure. She found the car she wanted, it was a smooth transaction. What's the difference? The difference in my perspective from my history and, and and learning is that one cares about the customer and the, one, the other one cares about the money they're gonna make.
0: Yep, for sure.
1: Uh, I wanna be the first. For sure. Okay, it's like you in real estate, right? Yep. You're not there to make a commission you're there to put help somebody find the right house for their life and as a result you'll get paid yep same thing with me and it should be the same thing with people who are in business we put our team the vision and our clients and our vendors and even our investors ahead of our own interest humble and we serve the stuffing out of them yep. And we fight like crazy to make sure that that stays the way it is. Warrior. Okay.
0: Yep. Agreed. Agreed, my friend. This has been such an insightful conversation. I mean, if you were to talk to somebody, I've got two more questions really for you. The first one being, you know, if you're talking to somebody just getting started,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what advice would you give to them?
1: Um, listen and learn. And read a lot. I think um, there's an impatience that that number one we need to be aware of. Number two, we have to fight. Um, I think too many times we have um, we don't play the long game. Fifty-two mm. percent of, if you go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, fifty-two percent of all companies that start in a year are out of business by the end of the year. And by the fifth year, it's up to seventy-eight percent. And by the tenth year, it's much higher. Which one do you want to be? The one who stayed in business because you learned what you don't know from the process and from others, or the one who said, "I tried business; didn't work." Don't play in a business. Yep. Okay. It's what it's the perspective you go into it with. And, and the willingness to, to learn and adapt and innovate and change. And I think some people are more afraid of the, of the other side of what change looks like than they are um, you know, the, the, the title. It's this is a really, it's a really difficult analogy, but they're used to the dirty diaper. They don't want the pull-ups because yep. they don't know what the pull-ups are all about. give them a shot. Come on. Yep.
0: So. Yep. No, I totally agree, man. I think that's just such sound advice. I mean, you, you start and begin with the end in mind and you have a long-term vision. You're going to go much further. You're going to be much more successful at it. You're going to be happier and you're going to be able to provide more value to your end customer client in so many more ways because you have that long-term vision. Right. And I think that's, there's something to be said for that for sure. Um, So this last question is one of my favorites I ask on every episode, and this goes a little bit more deeper into, you know, again, some of that bigger vision type stuff. But if you were given one more day to live, what advice or wisdom would you leave behind as your legacy? So what would you share with your family, your customers, your clients? What, you know, one piece of advice would you leave behind about life, business in general, just whatever?
1: Um, I'm a follower of Christ, as we follow, as we, as we find in the New Testament. Um, know where you're going. Everybody's got an appointment. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, number two, um, in the business space, it's not all about you, folks. It's about the it's about the team you build around you. It's about the vision you share. It's about the wins that you celebrate. It's about the, the, the pain that you all suffer when one of you is hurt. Um, be the person that somebody wants to work with. Mm. Okay. And your turnover will go down. Your retention and performance will go up. Um, and you won't have the stress that takes the life out of you.
0: I love it. Be the person someone wants to to work with. That is solid, Dan. This has been an awesome episode, my friend. I really do appreciate you taking the time and being willing to, to be with us. Um, if somebody wants to connect with you um, or check out your services, or you know, what's the best way to do that? There's
1: two websites. I'll just give you the, the address, and you can figure that out. Yep. So. Um, Dan Murgon and Associates is the business coaching and business advice website. Um, The profit website is called businessprofitnow.com. I'll I'll talk to you whichever lane you come in because I care about people and their businesses. Um, But my phone number is, you know, my cell and it rings um, 24-7 available most of the time. And if I'm not... um, I'll get right back to you on both of the websites. You can schedule a, a brief conversation. I, here's, here's my entire sales pitch for anything. Would you like some help with that? Okay. I love it. I hate salesmen in a sense because they don't listen to, to the client and serve the client. When I, when I smell commission breath on somebody, I'm gone. Yep. And I think we're all in the same boat. So, You know, nobody's a fool. We're all in a for-profit business. But if you invest in yourself and your vision is compelling, I'm here to help you. I love it. Makes sense.
0: Makes sense. Okay. I'll make sure that those websites are in uh, the show notes and people can connect with you that way. And again, my friend, this has been an awesome episode. I really do appreciate you being willing to, to share your wisdom and knowledge with us and um, look forward to, to building our rela- relationship off, uh, offline as well. And um, just looking for opportunities and ways to help each other. So with that, everybody out there, remember to infuse hope to those in need by teaching correct principles that lead to result driven action. Go out and make it a fantastic day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Are you tired of using 10 different platforms to manage your CRM, your Google My Business reviews, text campaigns, email campaigns, calendar invites, website builds? I was too. I used... ClickFunnels, Kartra, JotForm, Calendly, you name it, I tried it. I came to the conclusion that I needed one software platform that could do all of this in one place. With Sluicebox, I was able to do all of this and more. Go check out Sluicebox.io today to change your life and make it that much easier and that much more simple to manage all of your leads, all of your customers, and everybody in one spot. Sluicebox.io Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast.
1: This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.